the one issue they never addressed was the mass graves, which we had documented as far back as 1998. Um, we yesterday in a release, we reissued the list of 28 mass graves at former Indian schools and hospitals where they did a lot of horrible experiments on children. And we also released a list of six sites where they are still dumping the bodies of Aboriginal people on the West Coast. And the death rate on the Indian reservations was around 5%. You go into these Indian schools and it's 50%. So they were they were killing centers and their own statistics prove that it's over half, yet they're claiming 1%. I mean, it's just a lie of enormous proportion. You know, it's, it's the definition of genocide under international law. It isn't just outright killing or sterilizing, preventing births, which are the, the more blatant ones. It's creating the conditions that are going to kill a, a whole people off over time. If you have not been looking at C60 as a means to significantly improve your health and your immunities, you should be. Here's why. First, a strong and healthy immune system is your body's first defense. And for those with a strong immune system, your body will adequately fight illnesses without medical intervention. Second, C60 is safe. As long as you're taking a high quality C60 with no added fillers or solvents. Third, C60 is the best means of removing free radicals from your body that exist. It's at least 200 times better at this function than vitamin C and any other antioxidant. This is the magic. When you free up your body's resources from fighting free radicals, they then can focus their attention on healing. Every person has different needs, but the magic begins when your body can start to heal. So now it becomes clear, you need the best free radical fighter that exists, and that is C60 with black seed oil and curcumin. Go to sarahwestel.com shop and learn more about why this formula is so powerful. Also available by diffuser with ultra, ultra refined C60 oil to safely get directly into your lungs. It's also the best way to help your family pets by just being in the same room. Be sure to read the research and of course, use the current coupons to save money when you buy. Remember, keeping you and your family safe is the most important thing you can do. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Kevin Annette coming back to the program. We are going to learn about the mass graves that they found in Canada. You know, he's identified over 28, 28 of them, I believe, and then another six, so over 28, six that are still currently in operation. He'll talk about that. But there's been big media. OAN actually covered it. So we're going to talk about it. He's been working on this for over a decade. He's been getting so much smear on this that... Uh, you know, over over the decade that this is, it's it's really good that something's coming out here and there's so much more there. And so we're going to talk about that. It's explosive news. It, it Also, this particular site was where they're doing a lot of experimentation on the children. And um, it's a mass grave site of the charter schools, the indigenous, indigenous communities, the Native Americans, where they were doing ethnic genocide, cultural genocide. And over half the children were dying in these border schools, these charter schools. He's been, he's dedicated a large part of his life to exposing this. And he actually was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize three times because of this. Of course, someone like him won't win. But it's really, really important because it shows the tie-in of medical experimentation starting way back in maybe Nazi Germany, how it never stopped. They just switched who, what groups are now being experimented on and I got to tell you, this this these schools, the last one didn't close until 1996. 
So it's a, it's a big deal. And I know Kevin is a favorite on my show. People love him and, and good reason why. He's just a crusader for truth and for he has a lot of courage. And I just, I really am so glad that we have someone like him out there fighting for everyone. So before I get in this, I want to tell you I have new shows being put up on sarahwestel.tv and up on Evanier. Please support me there. That's what I used to have for Patreon. And so now all my stuff has been switched to Evanier. And sarahwestel.tv is my show where they will never censor me there. You can always get all my exclusives. I have almost 40 exclusives now up there for members. So you can go there and watch those as well and sign sign up for my telegram and starting to use that i still only have less than a thousand people who follow me but it's growing you know it's growing at a decent pace so please do that sarahwestell.com under subscribe and subscribe to my newsletter as well that's how i'm reaching everybody on a lot of the important topics and my new shows so let's get into my interview with kevin annette hi kevin welcome back to the program hi sarah it's great to be here this is a good day because there has been an acknowledgement for something that you've been working on hard for many years. Now, I, I think it's just a tip of the iceberg, but there was a mass grave of children found uh, from the boarding schools. Can you talk about that and what transpired? It's been, as you know, all over the news, it's been reported by agencies that have shut out any of this news for many, many years. New York Times, BBC, it's all, it's just spreading all over the world. And the spin being put on by the government that's really organizing the dig into their own crimes is that uh, this is a definite uh, step forward for understanding, you know, what happened in Canada to the Indian children in these, these really these death camps called residential schools. Now, of course, they did this before. Um, in 2008, after a lot of the pressure from our movement, they set up a thing called the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. But the people who set it up were the people who did the crime, the churches and the government. They killed over 60,000 children in these places. So I think it's very much a repeat of that. But now they're, they're, it's kind of like the final chapter in the cover-up. The one issue they never addressed was the mass graves, which we had documented as far back as 1998. Um, we, yesterday in a release, we reissued the list of 28 mass graves at former Indian schools and hospitals where they did a lot of horrible experiments on children. And we also released a list of six sites where they are still dumping the bodies of Aboriginal people on the West Coast and including on Indian reservations. So the thing to understand here is that this dig, it appears to be uh, being conducted by the Indians themselves. And these band council people who are doing it have been the ones who've been concealing the crime for many years. I remember when we first began to do our inquiry, Native people would often come to me and say, our own chiefs are telling us will get thrown off the reservation, thrown out of our housing if we talk about dead children. You can talk about being raped and beaten in these schools, but you can't ever mention, you know, murders, kill, uh, killings, mass graves, any of that. It was blacked right out for many years, you know, and we were the only people talking about it. So this whole thing is really questionable. And that's why we issued the release again to say, um, look, you've known about these graves. The world has known about it for many years. So let's, you know, realize that this is something bigger. And in that sense, what we've actually uh, are initiating, and we've had the help of people in Europe and America with this, we have groups that are coming together to help sponsor an actual Canadian work crimes trial, you know, run by not the people who did it, the government of churches, but by independent agencies 
to get to the heart of what really happened. Now, of course, you know, a lot of it can be learned just by going to our book, Murder by Decree, uh, murderbydecree.com. All of the, the basic evidence about what happened is in that book. It's been out since 2013. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's kind of more the same game being played out, but this time it's for higher stakes. Frankly, I don't know why they've reopened this whole can of worms. It's, it's created a massive new audience for me and this and the work we've been doing. Uh, I've been hearing from people and from people in the media from, you know, who I haven't heard from in years who are saying, you know, let's interview you, let's hear your story. So it's really helped. It's helped our movement a lot, actually. Well, let's talk about this a little bit because one of the things they've said is they've admitted to around 4,000 deaths from these schools in like a century of time. And now they found, yeah, I know it's laughable. And now they found this one mass grave. Are they saying that, cause you're identified 28 of them plus another six that are still ongoing. Are they saying this is the mass grave? I mean, is that what they're trying to establish? Not at this point. They're, they're, they're admitting that, yeah, there, there could be more, which is of course there are, there are more. There were over 140 of these places oh, at, wow. the, okay. at the high point. Um, but Kamloops was a special place. It was a, special treatment center where they did a lot of uh, medical experiments, sterilization programs. Um, it was a killing center very much where they would ship kids who ran away a lot for special treatment. I mean, you know, this is talked about in correspondence that we published, you know, so, um, it, it, you know, there's that reality. I think it's very much the typical lawyer strategy of creating a distraction over here to, so you don't look over here. And um, their figure of 4,000 children is absurd. If you divide that over a century among over 100 schools, it means, according to them, that's a death rate of about 1.5%. That means one child died in every fifth school every year. Well, I mean, that's massive Holocaust denial. It's the figure themselves, you know, they say 1%, and then in their own hearings, they say, yeah, half the children died was not unusual. So which is it, guys? Like is it 1% or 50%? They just keep telling lies all the time. And um, our figures show and you know that it was a constant rate of 40 to 6% over half a century. And we even have the records. You know, here's a, I'll just show you one. The oh quality God. isn't very good, but this is a, a description of um, the, the first Indian school to open in Alberta in the year 1891. And uh, it says right here, that out of um, 11 children, you see all these things at the bottom, died, 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 died. Seven out of the 11 were dead at the end of the year. Now that's well over half. My and this God. is the first school that opened. It was before, you know, to die from tuberculosis, which is the common reason they give, because it was so common among Indians after being introduced by us, um, you know, to die from tuberculosis, it takes months. It, it's a wasting kind of disease. And um, for that many to be dying so quickly, obviously it had to be coming from another reason. The death rate on the Indian reservations was around 5%. You go into these Indian schools and it's 50%. So they were, they were killing centers and their own statistics prove that it's over half, yet they're claiming 1%. I mean, it's just a lie of enormous proportion, you know? Now, what happened to the kids that left those schools? I mean, it must've been pure trauma. I mean, these kids were irreparably harmed well yeah that's what they don't report as a matter of fact we found a letter going back to 1903 from the head of indian affairs and he said you have to discontinue the publishing of death records because children start dying at an even higher rate when they leave the school because they're so damaged 
they kill themselves, they die from, you know, uh, the effects and, you know, they're, they're put on a, a garbage diet, they often don't eat. Yeah, then their system is going to knock them off when they're 30 or 40 years old. It, it, it's the definition of genocide under international law. It isn't just outright killing or sterilizing, preventing births, which are the, the more blatant ones. It's creating the conditions that are going to kill a, a whole people off over time. And when you look at what happens after people left these, these places, yeah, they, they, they were and I see this all the time working with native people, just the death rate is enormous. And it's definitely because of these, these residential schools and hospitals. Well, you know, I've had interviews with different people who've been on the reservations and so forth. And they say that, and this is what I want to get to with those schools and the medical experiments is they say that the Indians, the native Americans are the first that they experiment on and then they move to us. And so I'm wondering if these medical experiments were kind of like in the Nazi Germany where yep. they're doing all these medical experiments, if it just moved to them and they were experimenting on what they're going to do later with other groups. Very much, that's accurate. And that's, as a matter of fact, why under the law, Indians in Canada have never been classified as citizens so they can get rid of them and there'll be no legal consequence. Uh, they're known as wards of the state. Still to this day, if you're a native living on reservation in Canada, the Indian Act says you're a ward of the state, which means you're in the same legal, legal status as a child. You can't um, even open a bank account. You, you, know, you can't do any of these normal activities. And, um, and so once you have that kind of a group that can be, <clears throat> you know, attacked and used in this way, and there's no consequence, then yeah, you're, you're going to try these things out first. To give you an example of that, mandatory vaccinations have been the law on uh, in Canada towards Indians since 1874. I often have natives come and tell me, well, Health Canada came onto the reserve and just forced these needles in the arms of our kids, and they said we'd be arrested if we resisted. Well, about the COVID uh, injections and all that, it's been happening to natives for a long time. They try it out on them first. Well, I, uh, I did an interview a while ago and they were talking about chipping and it was, they had Native American groups and this was in the United States. They work with different universities and they would chip the uh, Native Americans and they had their health records, they had their bank records, they had everything on there. And so if they didn't get do certain things or if they couldn't pay for their hospital visit or whatever, I mean, they, they were controlling people that way. Like you need, they, they deducted right out of their accounts for, you know, medical stuff. They did, it was absurd what they were doing. Well, exactly. And that's the reason as well. It isn't simply to try out stuff on a guinea pig population, which that's only one aspect of it. It's also to terrorize native people today to get their lands and resources. And you see that all over Canada, especially in the West. Um, a lot of the disappearances of native people we know are the result of death squads uh, operated by Chinese corporations with the help of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. We've had eyewitnesses see it happen. So China's grabbing a lot of the land and resources, thanks to the Trudeau government, uh, who's even letting them station their troops on Canadian soil. And, you know, it's it's that absorption of, of the country by, by China. And Native people stand in the way of that. Well, my understanding is even yeah. worse than that, in the sense that um, in the United States and Native American lands, the reservations, there's an open path to Mexico, 
Native American right. lands there so they can just easily get up there. And then the, you know, in the, um, what state was it where they ceded half that land back to the Native Americans? Um, this was just recently, Arkansas, I think. And they, um, oh, is that Arkansas that they did that? Shoot, it's out of my mind. But anyways, my understanding is they have a lot of plans for that Native American land. And there are uh, troops being built up everywhere on these Native right. American lands. Am I wrong about that? And it's not just Canada. It's all over the United States. It's what they use to funnel money right. from Wall Street. It's what they use to all. It's amazing what they do with this. Yeah, it, there's an example of that, too, on the U.S.-Canadian border in Cornwall, Ontario, which is just above New York State. Um, the, the, the Mohawk reservation spans the border, you know, because this border was run through traditional Mohawk land. And they can go back and forth across the border. Well, it's one of the main areas for, for international child trafficking. They smuggle kids and drugs and all sorts of stuff across that border regularly using the Indian reservation. So, yeah, you're right. It serves that purpose. And uh, it also relates to, you know, the what's going on now, that second part of our release, where we talked about not only the 28 other known sites that we've we've actually surveyed, but the actual body dumping grounds today. And in that release I sent out to you, we, we named six of these spots on the West Coast, where, you know, uh, to give you one example, the uh, Musqueam Indian Reserve, it's one of the biggest reserves in Vancouver. And... Um, the people who work there, some of the maintenance guys, describe this serial killer called Willie Picton. He, he went to jail because they found um, a lot of women in his backyard, the remains of women. Well, it turns out he was just on the mm -hmm. body dumping crew for much more powerful people, including present senators, uh, former Prime Minister Paul Martin, uh, you know, other people. And uh, they were bringing out the remains to this Musqueam reservation. And when uh, Les Gurrett and the maintenance man reported it, the police arrested him. They denied it was happening. They got threatened by the chief, a guy called Ed John, who's notorious. He's been charged with child trafficking and rape. And yet he's a senior native politician. I mean, and there, so in other words, on the reservation, they're using that as a, as a body dumping for, you know, natives who are, in, you know, inconveniently speaking out about the treaties, they get dumped um you know underworld opponents the uh, you know the competitors to the chinese triad drug trade um you know they end up in uh, in these swamps right so it, it it's used that way now and we want people to know that these crimes are happening now the the media campaign always frames it like oh these horrible things happened in the past now we're going to make it better well no it's continuing it's it's why well, I call it a continuity of genocide that's still going on. Well, my understanding is that the rape and abuse of women on these uh, reservations are seven times, and children are seven times what it is in the, in, in the greater population because the FBI, this is the US now, the FBI doesn't track those numbers. So it's an untrackable number. And so I'm understanding is that they're taking the organs, they're trafficking their children, how are they possibly keeping, I mean, with that much abuse and that much going on, how are they even keeping their numbers up? You know what I mean? Like essentially they're just destroying these populations completely. Yeah. It's, you know, the polite word for it at the United Nations is ethnic cleansing. That's exactly what's going on. Uh, that's a sanitized word. It's, it's a mass murder of a targeted population. And 
you know, they rely on the denial and indifference of most people. And the fact that, you know, I mean, look at the whole COVID thing, the, the media, the governments, the police, that they're all on board with the same agenda. And it's easy to do nowadays, constant power is so concentrated. So it's a constant uphill battle to bring this stuff out. And, and yet, like I said, the fact that they've opened the, this whole can of worms again is giving us a tremendous opportunity to remind people really what they're part of. It's a criminal system and we need to step outside it, right? Well, they have really upped their game with COVID and or they're attacking populations everywhere, right? And so we're all um, under attack. And so now this is just another piece of it, but these people have been under attack for a long time. I just hope people wake up and realize that we have to fight back because these people that we're fighting back against should not be in power of any kind. Yeah, and that's true. And, you know, that was one of the reasons our whole move, movement to establish a common law republic in Canada took off, because, you know, those of us who just could not be part of this genocidal country called Canada needed an alternative. And it's not surprising that that whole movement really took off this last year because of the COVID measures. People are seeing now the mask is slipping and and the system's exposing its murderous nature. So in the way this this staged dig in Kamloops is a way to respond to that by saying, no, no, look, we're really good guys. We're trying to do the right thing. And, you know, in practice, it's part of the ongoing agenda to keep things fogged. Uh, and, you know, so the crime can continue. Yeah, I just, it would be so nice to just like bang, 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 mass grave, mass grave, mass grave. And they just, it all gets exposed. I mean, it, I know it's like ripping a bandaid off a wound, but we really have to, putting light on these issues is the only way we're going the trauma it's traumatizing i know what they're doing to children all this stuff is very traumatizing but if we don't let ourselves heal then as a society we we're not going to purge the people that we need to purge and we're not going to mature and heal as a society at all i mean i go ahead well i mean that's exactly right and it really comes down to self-governance can we we have yes. to govern ourselves because yes. if you leave power in the hands of these criminals, you'll be next. That's the point. That's and we're, exactly right. The, the very agency, Health Canada, the health department, federal health department, the ones that are now pushing the drug into the arms of our children are the same ones who murdered Indian children in the Indian hospitals. They used them for drug testing. Pfizer, Eli Lilly, all of the big pharma companies now, they use native children for generations and kill them off on mass. You would trust those same agencies to put a needle in your kid's arm? I mean, that's a suicide, right? That's exactly right. And what they did to the natives, what they did to people in India, what they did to people in Africa, those are the people that we're trusting. And they've, they've done a lot. My understanding is they've done enough experimentation and medical experimentation to know what this is going to do to us. Oh yeah, and I think it's it's definitely connected to depopulation agenda, but also an agenda to keep everyone so f- afraid and traumatized. Yeah. And psychologically, don't forget that opening a grave does that. I mean, this could be a way for them to be saying, "Oh look, look at all the children that we put in the ground, and look, we got away with it, and now we're calling the shots and pretending to care." That's a way, you know. Any ruler does that periodically. They reach out and and prove that they can kill anyone they want and get away with it. So it could be, it's like the 9-11 event. They kept playing the plane crashing into the tower over and over to traumatize people. This thing is, I think, related to that. It's a way to scare people into line again, right? 
Well, okay, let's talk about this disclosure then, because I know you've talked to people in that world over the years. They're doing a mass disclosure. I mean, they're even talking about it on 60 Minutes, right? I don't believe that the government, I've seen too many lies now. I mean, I don't know how you could do the work that I do or you do and trust what's going to come out of their mouths. No. And I have a feeling that that's the same goal that they have in mind for this disclosure is to scare the hell out of people. I think so. That certainly serves their agenda, but it's a two-edged sword. Don't forget it can also wake people up like it did some of us and say, wait, the government did that, did that to children. Why would they suddenly develop a conscience? Right. Um, you know, like for give you an example, they're acting like this is a crime without criminals. They're having pictures of people leaving the ch- uh, shoes of little children on the steps of the same churches that did the crime. Like, why are these churches still allowed to operate? They mur- they murdered children en masse for generations. And yet they're still going around to get tax exempt status. Catholic, Anglican, United Churches, their leaders should be in jail. Their property should be you know, uh, expropriated as assets of a criminal body. All of that is is in the law, and yet they're allowed to carry on. Not one of them has ever gone to jail for the death of one of those children. That's what people should be looking at, right? Well, let's establish a lot of these people who are in leadership positions now were alive and participated in this genocide when they were younger. Absolutely. The last Indian school in Canada closed in 1996 and most of them in the 70s and 80s. But even when they closed, they turned over these schools to the tribal councils who were abusing their own kids just as much. A lot of the present day Aboriginal child trafficking goes on on the reservation and organized by the chiefs. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, you know, it's, and, and similarly in the churches and government, we published lists of these heads of the churches who were working in Indian schools when they were younger. So they're personally implicated. They've got blood on their hands. That's why they're doing the the whole crocodile tear uh, put on the smiley face that they care routine to cover their own guilt. Isn't that crazy? Somebody who is a mass murderer then going up in front. And that's why people have cognitive dissonance because they see somebody and they go, oh, they care. Well, how can somebody who is a mass murderer care? And this is that, this is the thing that people have to get over. It's that hump. It's like, I, I say this before, it's like, realizing that your parents don't love you. I mean, that's kind of that same concept. Very similar. Yes. And that's why people are very much struggling. Well, exactly. You know, it takes some of us decades to to break from our whole parental influence, but the society is set up to transfer that parental dependence onto another authority figure. So, you know, the idea, like when we had the definitive evidence that at the Kamloops school, the same school where they're digging, Queen Elizabeth stole 10 children and they were never seen again. And that was witnessed by William Coombs, who was then killed when he began to speak about it. Um, But the idea that Queen Elizabeth could have done this and that people in power can kill, it's like you say, it's cognitive dissonance. And yet when you think about logically, the the more power you get, the less accountable you are and, and you think you're God and you can get away with anything. So why wouldn't those people be the most criminal, most corrupt, you know? That's exactly right. And the only way that we can stop them is for people rising up together and saying enough, this is enough that we're done. You are no longer in power. Yeah. And, and it's easier to do than people realize. I mean, you know, it. even a few of us start saying no and international law helps us. It says when your own government 
has committed genocide and war crimes, you're obligated not to pay taxes, not to go along with them, or you're colluding in a crime. And once a few people start doing that, it really shocks them. I mean, the work we did, a few dozen of us, prompted this whole apology and them running around now to do these digs. Imagine if a lot of people started doing that, their whole system would topple. And that's one of the reasons, you know, kind of the, the final part to this release we sent out is we are in the process of forming a war crimes tribunal with the power to subpoena and prosecute. And we have already received the offer of not only foreign police agencies in Europe, I, I won't say where, but at police within Canada have approached us because suddenly now the topic is more legitimate because it's on the major networks and people feel safe to come forward. So that creates a ripple effect. And one of the things we're gonna be start doing is doing our own digs. Oh, perfect. Have forensic people come in, do our own investigations, publish our own findings, just like we had to do with my book, Murder by Decree. It was written as a counter report to their whitewashed Truth and Reconciliation Commission. We said, here's all the evidence they left out. They weren't allowed to mention the death of a child, even though half the kids died. Uh, here's the real evidence. We're going to do that with the digs and publish our own forensic evidence. But we need people to come forward and help with that. And, uh, you know, wherever you are, and especially confront these murderous churches. The Catholic Church ran this Kamloops school. They ran the majority of these places. So reviving that whole campaign to, to confront these churches and, and shut them down, really, as we're obligated to do under the law. So if people want to help with that, um, just draw me a line, angelfire101 at protonmail.com and murderbydecree.com. And also um, republicofcanada.ca, you can find under breaking news, all of these updates. Excellent. Thank you so much. You are just a godsend. Thank you, Kevin, for everything that you're doing for humanity, just for fighting and not stopping. Well, it's got to be done, sir, as we all know. And we're, we're setting the path for others, but it, it really takes all of us to take a stand on this. Thanks so much.